Welcome to Tales Unfold. Find healing in your story. Here we talk about the unseen world, energy clearings, tarot, writing, house healing and more. Today we are going to discuss meditation, how it can benefit you, when better not to do it, and how you can develop a practice that serves your own needs. Meditation in itself is simple, but for many, not easy. Today I will talk more about it from a lens of a neurodivergent mind. So let's dive in. Whenever you are dealing with stress, emotional turmoil, or you seek a deeper connection to the universe, God, nature, you name it, or you want to walk a more spiritual path, without failure, someone will advise you strongly to meditate. And they will say, set aside 20 minutes a day, twice a day even. You only need to empty your mind, you need to sit straight. No, you can't use headphones because that's not really how to do it. You have to be able to do it without any distraction. And those people probably mean well. It may have changed their life and there's no denying how meditation can improve your well-being. So let's have a look at the positive effects of meditation. It can, and it will, reduce stress, reduce negative emotions, increase of self-awareness, increase of creativity and imagination, increase of focus. It will increase patience and kindness. It gives you a better control over anxiety. It can improve sleep. And these are only a few of the benefits you can experience when meditation becomes a part of your daily routine. But it may not be beneficial for everyone. Some people are simply wired differently. For example, neurodivergent people may struggle to get into a mindfulness practice. Also, people with mental illness or chronic disease might find it difficult to incorporate a rigid practice into their daily lives. If you deal with any of these challenges, you might struggle to bring up the energy to add another task to your to-do list. Let's be honest here for a moment. We all want to improve our mental health or our emotional well-being. But if you follow every good advice on how to improve your life, I don't know if you will ever have the time to work or to take care of your family. It's always only 20 minutes of meditation, 30 minutes of exercise, 20 minutes of journaling, take 30 minutes every day to read, set aside time to cook everything from scratch, no matter if it takes an hour every day. Go for a walk every day, at least for 30 minutes. And this list is by no means exhaustive, and we have already over three hours in. So I guess we need a better system of what we can actually include in our mindfulness practice. If you have a processing difference like autism or ADHD, it can be very difficult for you to focus your mind. The rapid fire of thoughts, sensory issues, or difficulties with sitting still can represent an unsurmountable challenge if forced into the traditional way of meditation. The good news is, there are many ways to practice mindfulness, and you can choose what is right for you. You don't have to follow rigid rules. 
Make it as accessible for yourself as possible. First, let us explore a few options of meditation that may or may not be a good fit for you. I will give you four types of well-known meditations first. So the first one is mindfulness meditation. This is the most popular one, and perhaps for many a struggle. In this type of meditation, you focus on your breath and observe your thoughts passing by. A person with ADHD probably doesn't find this relaxing, and it can heighten the stress levels. It doesn't have to, though, but it can. Mostly, it is also required to sit still and keep your spine upright. If you have any physical struggles, this presents its own challenges as well. Then we have the mantra meditation. This type of meditation uses a repetitive sound to clear your mind from the monkey chatter. It can be a word or a phrase. However, keep it short and simple. The most known mantra would be OM. Say something like, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. This is an Hawaiian mantra. Or you come up with something else, simple phrases like, I am present, I am grateful, nature is my bliss, this is the perfect moment, I am safe, I am spirit, I am. This might do the trick for you. This kind of meditation keeps your mind occupied and you might be able to slow down the rapid thoughts firing through your mind. Maybe. It is also great if you like repetition or simply enjoy the vibration of sound running through your body. Then we also have the loving-kindness meditation. This meditation is used to strengthen compassion, kindness and acceptance towards ourselves and others. We might hold on to anger and resentment, and this meditation can help to cultivate more understanding and aid in letting go of those feelings. It is a process, though. It needs a little bit more than just meditation alone, but it is very good to add. You open up to receive loving kindness. Think of someone who truly has your back and appreciates you for who you are. And let's just include pets here as well. They are, after all, the better people. Then you imagine them smiling at you and truly wishing you happiness. Then you bring to mind someone that you want to send some kindness yourself. Again, include your pets if you wish to. Radiate out the warm feeling you experience before by receiving kindness. And then we also have the guided journeys or guided meditations. For someone who struggles to focus and is better not left alone with their thoughts, a guided journey might be helpful. Often in these kinds of meditations you are being told a story, or at least a voice guides you through different imageries. It helps those who cope better with being instructed in the moment and may even enjoy a bit of background music. Of course, for all the other kind of meditations, you can use background music as well. For all meditations, it is important to note that you can modify them to your needs. If sitting still is not available to you, you can also lay down or walk around. You can even meditate while gardening. 
Pulling weeds, for example, will bring you into a meditative state, whether you like it or not. If you are sensitive to noise and it distracts you easily, go ahead and wear headphones. You are not less spiritual or less good at meditation because you use some tools. Or you want to try binaural beats only. I find binaural beats really helpful for my own practice, the same as music. But if I enjoy the music too much, this can also distract me, so I will sometimes choose than just binaural beats. Then if you need to fidget, grab yourself a fidget toy or whatever is at hand. Your teddy bear, just a hair tie or whatever you have and use it as a mindfulness tool. Pay attention to how the surface feels like, how it changes temperature the longer it is in your hand. Or use prayer beads if that's your thing. Surround yourself with the softest pillows and blankets if you enjoy that sensory input. Dim the lights, use smells, grab your pad and let them linger in your lap if that helps you to relax. Don't ever think you're doing it wrong. You're only doing it your way. One of the issues that some people struggle with is that they keep falling asleep. Well, congratulations. At least you are very relaxed and that is already a very good start. However, and I say this with love, sleeping isn't a mindfulness practice. If this only happens a couple of times, you don't need to worry. We have all fallen asleep during meditation at one point or another. But if that is a reoccurring problem, you might have to consider your sleeping patterns. Falling asleep like this usually indicates that you don't get enough of it during the night. Sleep is so important to our mental health and our well-being. Perhaps set your priorities to get a good night's sleep. And I don't mean this condescending in any way. Please know that. I just know how many people are struggling to get a good night's sleep. So, just as a side note this. Also, very importantly, don't try to meditate. It only adds pressure that really doesn't need to be there. The more you want to force it, the more you will probably resist. Just let it happen. Walk, sit, lie down for only a minute or two. Do a little breathing exercise, like breathing in and count to five, and exhale and count to seven. You do this three to five times, and voila, you meditated. Perhaps you are also going through some trauma. You might have once been able to meditate, but now you feel you can't anymore. And this happened to me too. I was unable to meditate for good six to seven months after a major traumatic event. Trauma and meditation don't always work together, especially if you experience symptoms of PTSD. Bessel van der Kolk, author of the New York Times bestseller The Body Keeps the Score, has noted that due to the fact that those with PTSD don't experience their trauma as something in the past, but rather as something they are experiencing in the present. Meditation may not only be impossible, but even harmful. And I experienced that myself, and it becomes dangerous. Your thoughts become dangerous. If you do not feel safe, 
meditation is definitely going to do some harm. Patients can become emotionally deregulated, experience flashback, dissociate, have increased nightmares or even develop psychosis. So the mindfulness practitioner or your teacher or your mentor or a guru who will tell you there's no other way than to meditate and you will reach nothing without meditation and if you don't meditate you can't do it and you suffer from that, don't listen to them. Because forcing yourself into meditation might not be right for you yet. You might need to seek out other forms of therapy to deal with your trauma, but that doesn't mean you can't practice mindfulness altogether. We had a look at different types of meditation, and if none of this works for you because of trauma brain, neurodivergence, or any other differences or challenges, there are still other mindfulness exercises you can try out for yourself. Let's have a look at eight of them. The first one is journaling. Journaling will always be one of the first ones to come up, but you can modify it to your own needs. It doesn't always mean you have to sit for half an hour hovering over your journal and write down your feelings. At some point, I will have an episode about journaling and also constantly writing down or rewriting and rewriting your trauma or your negative feelings can also have a downside, but we will discuss that in more detail at a later point. So for journaling, neurodivergent people might struggle with writing altogether. Not everybody, but some do. Or some might have difficulties in even identifying their emotions properly. You can instead doodle in your journal, use your sticker collection, draw something in only one color that day, or copy quotes that you picked up somewhere. Nobody has to see your journal, so go nuts. And it doesn't have to be pretty, it doesn't have to be Instagrammable. It is yours, just yours. And then I will come to something that I keep repeating over and over again, grounding. Because it is so essential to every practice and one often overlooked. Especially in the spiritual community, grounding exercise will come with a form of visualization. Imagine roots growing out of your feet, they are reaching deep into the earth, and you draw the energy up. A great exercise for in-between, but perhaps not available for you now. So let's come up with something else. Another exercise could be naming the things around you that you see, the things you can hear, smell, touch, and taste. Especially... For when you experience any form of distress, this little exercise can bring you right back to the present moment. A third mindfulness practice is movement. Move your body, but mindfully. Feel the muscles involved. Every twist and turn. You can slowly turn your wrists in and out. Find a breathing pattern that works with it. Breathe in and move your arms overhead. Breathe out and move your arms down again. Simple movements followed by breath. Wait, I think this is yoga. So yes, try easy to follow yoga exercises. Reading. Yes, reading can help for some. Not all, of course. 
But if this is available to you, read something you truly enjoy. Consider reading print, as we are constantly glued to our screens anyway. It's a nice change. Feel the paper, smell it even, and notice the change of light on the page. Notice the language, different words, and look them up. Pay attention to the rhythm of a sentence, the flow of paragraphs. When your mind wanders, the page is there for you to bring you back to the present moment. So reading, if done in that way, can be a very great mindfulness practice. Another one could be play with your pet. In our everyday life, we might not forget to do the essentials for them. Take them out for a walk, feed them, clean their toilets. But to be fully present while we cuddle with them or play with them is not a given. It may take some effort as we often just pat them while still looking something up quickly on our phones or on our pads or while we watch TV while cuddling with your dog while watching TV can be precious, amazing, the best thing ever. (laughs) So take time to play with them and to be fully present while you play. Let your fingers run through their fur. Dig your nose into as well. Crawl over the floor with them. Listen to their breathing and their heartbeat. Believe me, those are such precious moments. Another mindfulness practice could be to play an instrument. Even if you're not a musician or never have touched an instrument before, you can still use an instrument for your benefit. Perhaps you like the sound of a hang drum, the repetitive patterns, the calming sound. Well, a hang drum can be quite an investment, but perhaps consider a steel drum. There are some affordable ones out there and they are easy to learn. If you choose a steel tongue drum with a pentatonic scale, You can play it intuitively and it will sound good. Maybe you consider getting a singing bowl. For many, this sound can be quite calming and you really don't have to learn anything to use it. Otherwise, look into rattles or rainmakers. Whatever tickles your fancy, even a didgeridoo if you like. The repetitive patterns can bring calmness to many and regulate their nervous system. So another mindfulness practice would be prayer and intention. Prayer can often be misunderstood or can cause a bad reaction for someone who has a difficult past with religion. But prayer is and can be a wonderful mindfulness practice that doesn't take away much of your time. You don't need to pray to a deity. Prayer can simply be setting an intention for the day. I give you an example that I found quite a while back and it's you can find it online may my heart be gentle my mind still and open my spirit unshackled my awareness keen my conscience clear my nature giving may i be a healing energy may i be of benefit to all may my life enrich others may i know what matters and may i live in harmony with nature i usually add and all there is This is only one example and you can find many inspirations on Pinterest, for example. It will only take a minute or two and at the same time you are setting an intention for your day. 
Setting intentions can also be done in meditation. If you can manage to focus for a few minutes and you do your breath work, you can also add an intention setting. For example, I intend to find peace. I intend to forgive myself. I intend to be aware of my emotions. Now, another mindfulness practice for the witchy folk amongst you is spell work and ritual. Intention setting, prayer and spell work, it all goes hand in hand if you ask me. Let me give you a basic example. Add to your needs or leave the things that you deem unnecessary. Here's an example of a ritual or spell work. Set up your altar or your desk or your dining table. Please know that doesn't have to be a permanent setup just for that moment. So set it up. And it also really doesn't have to be elaborate. Simply light a candle, even an electric one if you prefer. Use an incense stick or essential oils. And draw a card from your oracle deck with a message that resonates with what you want to manifest. So let's say I want to manifest more vitality and energy for myself. I take the card Salu from the Fairy Forest Oracle. I also want to include the color green for health and growth. So I will put that on my altar as well. So this could be the color of the candle, a healthy plant, or your dog after they rolled around in the freshly mowed grass. If you don't have oracle cards, you can also use a drawing of what you want to achieve or write a word on a piece of paper. Now be in the present. <laughs> now be in the present and focus on your chosen representation. Say a prayer, an affirmation, a spell that rhymes, chant a song and repeat it as long as you can focus on it. I can give you an example here which I would use with that card. Bright flame of Bridget, forest green of Kernunos, may my vitality peak today and energize me in my work and play, blessed be. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to rhyme. It can, it sounds always pretty if it does, right? So that would be an example. If you have fidgety fingers, oh, I get that. I need fidget toys everywhere I go. So what I like to do is weave the message in. What that means is that I will imitate weaving movements with my fingers, draw the energy from the card or any other representation and weave it into my heart chakra. Again, as I said, you can expand on this little ritual as much as you want, but in its basics, it is nothing but intention setting. Some people like more whistles and bells than other, and it can help to keep the mind more focused. Now, in conclusion, mindfulness practices can be very beneficial and have a positive effect on many areas in your life. Don't ever be afraid to modify them to your needs and don't let anybody tell you you're doing it wrong. They're only beneficial if you are actually doing them. Therefore, they must be tailored to your needs. I hope I could give you some ideas and that you can mix them up so it won't become boring or too one-sided. If you have any questions, 
or suggestions, ideas what you would add to your mindfulness practice, or if you have any requests for future episodes, don't hesitate and connect with me. Head over to talesandfold.com where you can find my contact information, my socials and the services I offer to assist you in your healing journey. Thank you so much for listening. I hope your world is kind. Much love and bye.